Hello and welcome to the No Sub Podcast, your weekly home for all things wrestling. This week we get to talk about POW Pro Wrestling's Pick Your Poison. We have uh, some homework that we got to talk about, or we get to talk about from New Japan. So let's get into this week's show. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel. I'm alongside here with the enforcer, the human wrestling database, Corey Mack. Yo, yo, and a tippity, tippity, hippity ho to all of you fine people out there. And the marquee of No Cell Entertainment, my Google. Joseph. Yeah. What do you call it when a British policeman gets defeated in a wrestling match? What? A bobby pin. <laughs> that was good. Okay. Well, I'll use that later. I am the king of the dad jokes. <laughs> I, I my 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 bad dad joke is uh, what do you call a what what do you call a cow having a bad day? A cheeseburger. A utter <laughs> a utter disaster. Okay. Well, I mean, if we're gonna do it, I'll tell you my favorite dad joke. If we're gonna do this, uh, I don't trust theirs. They're always up to something. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Well, me, uh, so, uh, Corey, by the way, me and Mr. Booble are coming off Barbenheimer weekend as we watched yeah. uh, Oppenheimer and Barbie back to back. I figured you guys would. Shot to Zack Snyder, baby. <laughs> that was a headshot. I do shot. want to see Oppenheimer, and I'm not against watching Barbie. I got one of those. It's weird. People have taken a firm stance against that movie. And most of the guys who are. Uh, for, uh, who are have fragile masculinity and <laughs> I won't lie. I, 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 tr- I try to find pink to wear. I won't lie. I was up for it. I was up for game. We oh, we man, went. Saw, did you see the picture of the of the one like there was like this Latino dad that took his daughter to see it and he was wearing like a pink tutu and shit. For yeah, the, we awesome. saw we saw a ton of people dressed up for. Uh, yep. Barbie. Like when we got to, we saw Oppenheimer first. It was ten twenty. Then we had got done around one forty, so we had like a twenty minute break. And then we ran to Cars Junior. Come back. We get to our seats, and like the person two row seats down from Boobles, like you guys over twenty one. We're like, yeah, and just like just handed us wine. Nice. Fuck yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> and she also proceeded to hit. The strongest fucking yep. joint I've ever smelled in my life. Yep. God uh, damn it. Or a, uh, or a, or a, a vape pen. I mean, not a joint, a vape, a vape pen. pen. I was like, yeah. holy fuck, dude. Like, title starts, you can just smell it in the air. <laughs> I should have been a test airing of Barbie, god damn it. <laughs> but, you know, both shows. Well, see, both... You, never, you never have to twist my arm to go watch Margot Robbie. It, it, it was good. Both movies are pretty good, really good. My only Way better con- than Zack Snyder movies. Shut up. My shut only up. concern is that I, I don't like Ryan Gosling much. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, he's, a, he's a liability quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah of he, course. But, but he was fantastic, dude. I've heard he's good. Yeah, yeah he's I've heard, Yeah, so. So, but also this past week was Pow Pro Wrestling's Pick Your Poison. Oh, yeah. It was a gigantic evening of World Pies, gentlemen. Although I've got one major gripe. Oh, I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've got a couple major gripes. They'll come up later. 
I I don't know if I do or not. I I I think I can you know raise my hand and cheer, but we'll we'll get to it. So let's get into pick your poison. Uh, we had the pre-show, and the first pre-show match was the Pirate Charlie Avell versus Zeb Saint One. Can you please? So, it's the sexy pirate. Oh, the sexy yeah. pirate. Okay, my bad. I apologize. Uh, he is. He wants everybody to know that he's very beautiful, which he is, and to not touch the hair or face. Of course, of course. That's that's Anchorman rules number one hundred and one right there. No, no touching the face. Should be, should be easy to follow. Well, that immediately went out the window when he got punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Why'd you do that? Um. Yeah, I it, you know it was a good match. Uh, Charlie wins with his feet on the ropes because he's a drastically pirate. Arg, maybe. Um, after the match, Jonas. Yeah, the point. <laughs> there it is. Uh, comes out and says that uh, Drake Quan wasn't able to make it to the show. I believe he said it was flight issues, but he wants Zeb to take out Jaden tonight. Replacing Drake for their match uh, later on tonight. Offers them money. Yep. I mean, and maybe like a spot. That's Strikes the language of uh, the world. I mean, I could be bought. Hell yeah. It would surprise uh, you how cheap it would be to buy me. Just just <laughs> give me just give me two hamburgers and I'm good to go. I'm that pretty cheap. Two Joe's McDoubles. Like, Joe's like bloody from Popeye. And, and I'll sell and my I, soul tomorrow for a cheeseburger today. And no summation, I want to point this out. When Joe said hamburger, he was being literal. He doesn't like cheese. Yes. Yeah, so, please. Boo this man. Oh, come on. When, I don't know. I can go both ways. I, I don't mind a cheeseburger, but yeah, you can. sometimes I'll, I'll like a good hamburger. I, I, I've been called a Canadian one time because I said I want a hamburger, and they're like, with cheese? I'm like, no cheese. <laughs> you called a Canadian? Yeah. Like, when the fuck does that make you Canadian? I don't know. She's like, you from Canada? I'm like, did she like, no. Did she like spit at you? <laughs> I think she did. At least in the food. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I said no. Just... Mother Canucker. Yeah, right. Um, however, uh, so we start the show, but Mr. Ulala and the and those Blanchards come God on. Out. They want to talk about the Sluggo screw job. It was a screw job. It was. I. It legit to me. But before they could discuss, uh, Brian Zane brings out the Hammer Brothers. Zane, but so Ulala has evidence on how Sluggo isn't an official referee. So we show the footage from Base Brawl and what happens. And, you know, I agree with Mr. Ulala and the Blanchards that they should just be given the titles back because, again, Sluggo, who is a piece of crap, uh, whoa! Whoa, buddy. Not a this official not the, referee. This is not the Hillsborough Hops. You watch your mouth about Sluggo. Hey, I I practice uh, l- lower minor league uh, baseball-related law, okay? And no... <laughs> That's no, a very specific law firm. Hey, we do good business, all right? Da, 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 da. And no person in a giant... Like cartoon, like body outfit, can just circumvent themselves into a uh, an authority position in a pro wrestling match. Uh, 
I it's it's well known. It's all, I mean, all I'm saying. First of all, objection. And and all I'm saying is that a, a giant green Sasquatch like creature is just as legitimate as a dude in weird sequins. That's all I'm saying. Look, all I'm saying is I had to cite uh, uh, law number 75B to the second power, which was the immortal case of Flair versus uh, affiliate fanatic. Uh, you cannot do that in a wrestling match. Uh, Thank you. Don't Thank even you. get me started when the San Diego chicken gets involved. The, this was this was terrible. This was is that thing still alive? Yes, it is, but not really. He comes out on really. special occasions, kind of like Machado. Oh no, that's Soto. Have, have you ever have. seen them in the same place at the same time? No, no, I haven't. Okay. So that that chicken puts up the same effort Machado does. <laughs> But anyway, this, they were screwed. They were absolutely They were screwed. screwed. So they want the titles back. Brian Zane, as I said, watches the footage and decides to take the titles away from the Hammers. Uh, hold on. He holds them up, but specifies because somebody yells at him, they are not vacant. Last time I checked, they, uh, they, they, they were taken away, you know. That's just semantics, Brian Zane. And this was the first bad decision of the night from the man in the velour tracksuit. Uh, plenty of them come. As the at the next month's show at Wicked Games, which you can get uh, tickets now at powerprowrestling.eventbrite.com. Uh, and apparently, uh, hurry the fuck up because they are they had a run on them yesterday, so don't wait. Yeah, good. Get, get your tickets. As at Wicked Games, it will be a two out of three falls match for the tag titles. Uh, Makes sense. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, a little worried about the uh, about the uh, conditioning of this of this match. To be honest, I, I mean, I'm guessing it's not going as long as FTR and Jitter Juice. I'm guessing but, not. Have faith, they will. As No Cell Entertainment's favorite tag team, the Blanchards will. Right. First of all, it's officially the Hammer Brothers. It's no, on no, social media. No, I, I, it's I official. I can't say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's the Blanchards. As it's uh, when you're a Hammer. Everybody looks like a blanchard. As they restore and get the titles back. Justice will be served on August 19th. That's all you need to know. At World Bites. Get your tickets now. Paparossing.eventbrite.com At Wicked Dan. That's beautiful. Uh, Since the Hammer Brothers are already out there, Hey, their match was a title match, but guess what? It's not. So let's just get them out for the first match of the night. Well, as it's those well, hammer I feel phones. bad. I feel bad for Caden and Cleaver. Yeah. Talk about Sorry. So I was like, you could just let a good tag match first. No, no, no. They should have. But you know no, what? It, that's that's bad decision number two for Mister Valour tracksuit. Ooh. As yeah. it. It was a title match, but it's not. So it's Caden Cassidy and Dr. Cleaver with King Naja taking on those dirty, uh, stealing, no good Hammer Brothers. And and as always, King Naja is a fucking treasure. Oh, God damn. He was fucking fantastic. Did oh, you see him over Super Kick a fan? I did. <laughs> okay. He should have. He, he should have. Why did you hold back, Naja? Just kick him. 
uh, we the Blanchards do come out to distract the Hammers as as doing this part. Cleaver's trying to uh, uh, what is it? Okay. Oh, uh, Cleaver is going to kick Jack while Caden's holding him, but Jack moves the other way, making Cleaver kick Caden, and then the Hammer Brothers hit their finisher on Cleaver for the win. As there looked like there was some dissension with Cleaver and Cassidy as after them, you know, because well, of I mean, the Cleaver kicked him in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty clear. <laughs> it was, I mean, it's it was definitely on purpose. It was as plain as the kick on his face. Corey, your personal physician has some splaining to do. You know, he just wasn't wearing his glasses. Simple. That's nah, so what it is. His depth perception was off, uh, much like when he did my colonoscopy. He used your ear instead. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, I think he reached through the front. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Again, it was way he off. Doesn't, he doesn't have a calming bedside manner either. I, I'd imagine that would freak people out. <laughs> But no, it was over. But for the match itself, it was it was a good, uh, you know, four uh, four big men. I I was gonna say, um, Kane Cassidy, first of all, my guy, well established. Uh, it is not often that he looks small. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! When he was in there with Sledge, I was like, my god, Sledge is so big. Yeah. It, it it was you know it was good to see Sledge more in the match because I think the last match they did he will he did like you know my like three moves and then he like a uh, buddy of mine who went to the show who used to be a wrestler he was like I think he might be hurt because of you know it's like that the typical um you know if someone's hurt they wrestle five moves and they call it, you know, but this time well, we had to I, see him I, go, you know, it might just be like the old O and Yoko strategy too. I mean, that you know, too. Limited, limited conditioning at that size. Let the other guy do most of the work. He gets the, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, like, emphasis. Usually the bigger guy just is the, you know, comes Not in a clean house and lets the other guy, you know, do all the work. Yeah. But I, I agree. We agree with Booble with the fact that when sledge and sledge and Caden were going back and forth for a bit, I was, I was like, Caden, is a big dude, but Sledge is just a little bigger, and it's just like, oh damn. So uh, after- uh, Cleaver fucked up. We can yep. all say that. Yep. And then we go to our next moment in the match uh, night, and it's just a promo with a with Caden and Brian Zane, and Caden just airing his grievance. You know, yep. frustrated. You know, frustrated. Frustrated isn't the goddamn word for it. God Thank you. A little, a little festivus from yep. Caden. The Eric's um, agree grievance, you know. But, but like Brett, he, he he told no lies. Nope. Brian I Zane saw none. Screwing him over. And he just uh, all he did was just you know tap Brian Zane on the shoulder just to emphasize his point. That's all that happened. What I thought he was doing is you know the old trope with the wrestlers and the announcer, and he was just raising the mic up to get it closer to him so he can talk and hear, you know, so he can. How sometimes the mics, you know, by their chest, and so they, he, I think he was just helping Zane put it near his mouth to show, like, this is where my mouth is, dude. But, uh, but apparently, old sensitive tracksuit guy over here took an issue with that. 
as yeah, what he kicked now? he kicked out Caden out of the Rumble to Regret match, Battle Royal. When does that happen? I don't know. Probably uh, maybe the next show. Guessing the next yeah. show because because uh, I guess I mean we'll it happened later. I think we'll just talk about it now. Uh, and then old uh, tracksuit fucking suspends Caden Cassidy from Power Pro Wrestling. I don't like that. I just, you know, Caden got screwed in the title match last month. He's fucking getting suspended from Pal from just just trying to help, you know, with a promo. Because man, just for Caden Cassidy, that's all I'm gonna say. Thank you, justice. I mean. Uh, though in this in the same segment though, uh, Brian Zane brings up Chris Brady, and Brady says that he's gonna win the Russell, the Rumble to Regret match and get his rematch for the title against Funny Bone. Next Chris match brings us to well, our next match is Zeb Saint One with Jonas taking on Jaden. Jaden the Unbelievable. That's right. Um, I I was watching this. I would say it was a good showing by Zeb because he got to wrestle twice in like two different ways because you had the slow and powerful, you know, sexy <laughs> pirate Charlie, and then the fast, quick Jaden, and and you know just I he showed out. But this was a good back and forth match between the two from for me. Oh, this may be, this one may be my match of the night. It was a good match. I enjoyed it. Uh, Zeb State won. He's pretty good. I like him. Jaden, good. Uh, Joe, I'll have you know that right now, uh, I'm watching night seven of the G1, and El Fantasmo in Tungaloa, the match is actually happening, and he is trying his damnedest to get that shirt off. <laughs> precious titties can be, can be shown to the uh, world. So... I have a question for you, gentlemen, because there is there's a lot of good in Pal Pro Wrestling, right? Like yes. on the specific topic I've been asking about. Does Jaden have the best entrance in Pal Pro Wrestling? The song gets stuck in my head. Because, um, you know, Funny Bones is good. Drexel's it. is really good. Blanchard, Blanchard's, come on. The I mean, I, I, would you calm down, buddy? Oh, I'm getting there. Okay. Okay. Jesus. My bad. My bad. I'm an my unbiased bad. journalist, unlike you Blanchard suck-ups. I need a hero. Like, because I mean, thank God Jericho invented crowd singing with theme music because, uh, like getting to sing that part of that song when he's on the rope about to do uh, his superhero landing is fucking great, man. Maximum effort. I I think Jade might have the best entrance in Pal Wrestling. I'm going to say it now. Okay. The beginning uh-huh. of this show, and I mean this as a compliment, reminded me of an old ECW show because, like, it all kind of melded into itself. Like, it just naturally progressed. Like, they do the screw job, but then they just keep the hammers out for their tag match. And then the Caden thing happens. And then they bring this guy's out for the match, even though the pre-show determined this guy would take on Jaden. And then the aftermath happens, Joe. Mm-hmm. 
As uh, Jaden gets the W, after the match, Jaden goes to shake Zeb's hand, but uh, Jonas comes in and attacks Jaden and hits him with a DDT. As uh, Jonas is uh, wanting Zeb to uh, pilmanize Jaden, but uh, Zeb shoves Jonas into the corner till the Golden Boys comes out to attack Zeb and uh, Jaden. Flavin Aces do come out and they make the save. And then Brian Zane goes, well, since they're all out here, let's start the tag match. Yep, very ECW, like 97, 98-ish. Where it all just kind of naturally flows. Like, oh, we're just yeah. going to do this now, because here it is. I like it. Yeah. So here's the tag match, Joe. Our next match is the Flaming Aces of Zay Perez and Spencer Scott taking on the Golden Boys, Rashad Tyson and Mickey Montoya. Man, the Flaming Aces are over, too. Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. That's a good little tag team there, boy. It's that crazy thing because I want to say the first time we saw them was in the wrestling, the the the, the Rumble. Yeah, I they were like so. uh, yeah. students. They were like students. Yeah, and like just one year later, they're like you know the second babyface tag team behind the Blanchards. <laughs> I mean, let's calm the fuck <laughs> down first of all. <laughs> As, uh, I mean, first. I mean, um, first of all, I like the tag division here. I like it's it's got a lot of depth. It's got a lot of difference. Like, can you imagine the Hammer Brothers against the Flaming Aces? Just that would be so weird and great. And, yeah, like there's so many ways you can go. Uh, the Academy, C4 when they show up. Man, Corey, you're they're getting dangerously close to having all tag team card. I mean, I'm all for it. That's what I'm saying. This used to be like the mid-Atlantic territory in the 70s. Can the card be called uh, Tag Me In, brother? Tag Me In. Well, you know. I well, no, it would be called Tag Teams Back Again. Ah, there we go. All right. Like, the next show's called Wicked Game. If, if we're going to be naming shows after 90s pop hits, I, I kind of want the September show. I, I'm, I'm putting it out there for the powers to be. Bring back a lot of the flippy guys and call that show Cantaloupe Flippy Fantasia. <laughs> Just I uh I don't get that at all. I'm gonna be honest. I don't understand that reference whatsoever. That's because you're a youngin. It was a uh, hip hop yeah. weird hip hop hit in like '94. Hmm. Um. Uh, during the match. <laughs> during, during, <laughs> During the match, though, Jonas gets on the apron and distracts the ref as I want to say it was Rashad. He brings in a belt, but Zay super kicks the belt out of his hands. Then Scott uh, gives Montoya the belt, and then when the ref turns around, Scott acts like he got hit by the belt, and the ref calls for the bell. Shenanigans. I think we need uh, I think we need a company arc. A industry wide wide moratorium on super kicks at this point. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I uh, second that wholeheartedly. Um, is Jonas the you, most? Is Jonas the most untrustworthy person? Uh, is Jonas the most untrusted person since like the Horseman? Because I mean, he just turns I, on motherfuckers left and right. I mean, I'm not saying he's like Bobby Heenan, but you know, you can't trust him. He's <laughs> You know, he, I, I think what, the term they used in the old days is he's 
he's fair weather. Like, you know, he turns on every single alliance he ever has. He's a worse commentator than Rob Bartlett. I mean, you know. You digress. Uh, I, I like the, I like the, I like, I like the Golden Boys. I thought they had a good showing. Um, you know, good tag team. Put them against Flaminazes just to see, you know, four young guys just going at it. I like the Eddie Guerrero lie cheat still type situation with the belt. I mean, that's always a plus. Corey, did you see what I sent you on Twitter yep. with oh. Eddie just taking the belt tag, the tag belt rope? Yep. Yep, the tag rope. I fucking love it. Uh, hey, uh, he still had it. He still had yeah. it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Corey, I have, Corey, I have a question for you. Yeah. Because uh, that spot is like is referred to now as being Pillmanized. I assume that wasn't the first time that was done. Who was the first person to get that treatment? Ooh, uh, I'm ooh. That's a good question. I've seen. Or I guess I guess most notably, I guess not first. I guess most notably. What have the horsemen done it? Probably maybe. Uh, the horsemen might have done it in one of their beatdowns on Dusty or you know Nikita in the eighties. Um, and I've seen. Somebody did it around the neck. Cause how uh, did how did the horseman break Dusty's leg? Was it that? Uh, no, uh, they held him in place, and Flair came off the top rope with a knee. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, um, Pillman uh, Austin was the most famous one, and that's why it's a Pillman eyes now. But yeah, it was done a couple times before then. I can think of. I'm trying to think of who did it with the neck. Hmm. God damn, I can't remember. Oh, it's gonna bother me now. <laughs> God darn it. But yes. Kill my eyes. Uh then after the match though, uh Jonas attacks the and the Golden Boys attack Scott with the belt. Um our next match is uh what I want to say. Beach Brawl 94, Bubba Blanchard. <laughs> with got, Mr. Ulal. He's rocking that Hogan 9110, brother. That's right, brother. Be, uh, with Mr. Ulala versus Chris Brady. But yeah, Bubba wearing that beach gear. When he came oh, yeah. out wearing it in the first promo, I'm like, oh, he's not dressed yet. And then he comes out wearing it. I'm like, <laughs> that is amazing. He should have come out to his summer theme song, like, uh, like the Hawaii Five O theme or some shit like that. <laughs> I'll say, say Bubba Blanchard cosplaying David Hasselhoffer. I, I was thinking like my, Miami Baywatch Vice, <laughs> Baywatch, Miami Vice. <laughs> that would that would be amazing. Uh, Brady hits a second rope DDT as one Mister Ulala gets on the apron, and then for some reason, Brady punches Ulala. That was uncalled for. No for. Uncalled I mean. For. He needs to keep that stupid beret out of people's business. That's all I'm saying. Somebody on social media called Chris Brady the uh, spiritual successor successor to Conan, and I can't stop <laughs> thinking about that now. <laughs> Conan! <laughs> Conan! Conan! You just you just made me spit my food on my laptop. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> oh, How about no? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, hit Ulala for no reason at all. It's There's funny. a hit and run for no reason. However, as a trooper that Ulala is, he gets back on the apron, and Bubba grabs a crutch behind, you know, as the ref's distracted, and tries to use it, but he, uh, Bubba rockies him by hitting himself in the head <laughs> with it by hitting the turnbuckle. That was such a good spot. <laughs> he sold that so well. As, um, Brady hits a blockbuster and a suplex for the win. Chris Brady taking it back old school with a suplex finish. <laughs> hey, man. I enjoyed this match. I, this, yeah. was, this was a lot of fun. I, I, I this, thought, okay. This actually was my match of the night. Yeah, I, this is probably my match of the night, too. I, I really enjoyed uh, this. Cause you know what I was thinking about watching this? Uh, now I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the the gimmick curtain back here for a second, you gentlemen. But you have somebody like Jaden, Chris Brady, like some of these guys who are really athletic, who have a lot of potential. Uh, we saw Titus here before, Nick Wayne, you know that kind of thing. Uh, you get to put them in there with a Bubba or a Jeremy Blanchard or a Cleaver or a Vinny. Like the amount of progress they make in such a short amount of time like is incredible and so having brady wrestle people like this like on a more routine basis like a unfortunately is gonna uh skyrocket him out of power wrestling very quickly but it's going to just improve his game like to such an incredible level best way to get better is to wrestle veterans and just learn just listen and he, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna, he's the next one. <laughs> he's the next one gone. I'm saying it right now. <laughs> yeah, in, in, a really in a good way. In a yeah. good way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Bubba. He's so fun. God damn. Well, he was wearing his beach gear, so that's that makes it better. Uh, after the match, we get an interview with Brian Zane, who interviews Izzy McQueen, and she says how she's back and she's ready to show everybody what she is all about. As uh, she's about to talk more, Tara Zepp comes out and they begin to brawl, but the ref separates them as the crowd yells, let them fight. That was, oh, a, good, fight. That was a good pull apart, too. They did that really well. Yeah, it was it was it was well done. And again, it's like that for Corey. It's like that ECW thing of again, you know, just a broad chaos. Yep. In between matches now. Uh, Our next match is Zicky Dice taking on the good guy Vinny Massaro in a Sicilian street fight in a pick your poison match. Here's where I have my my beef tonight. Uh, I. so real quick, we should mention so Zicky Dice uh, filling in for the recently retired. the recently retired Big Ugly. Yep. So and that's where uh, a, a tremendous opportunity was dropped in the lap of the of the Pal Pro Wrestling uh, management. As I've been saying, you can't have a beat the clock challenge without Batista. <laughs> <laughs> and here you go. A, a guy retires, you know, all the best to him, but there's a spot open. I mean, come on. So, Not okay. Not against Zicky Dice. I like Zicky Dice. I mean, Zicky Dice is the Batista of Twitch. I've always said that. 
Um, but I'm going to play devil's advocate here, gentlemen. If Batista were to show up in this spot, who are you guys pulling for? Are you pulling for Batista or, or Vinny Massaro? Uh, oh, Batista. Sorry, but yeah. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Joe? Can it, can it be a tie and they both win? No, that, that's how the clock works. Joe may not be as big. I mean, it's it's me and Ricky here with the Batista marks. Let's be fair. Who? I'll take. I, I, well, oh, I'm yeah. part of the. Since I'm part of the family, you know, it's it's Vinny. Yeah, yeah. You were you were initiated. You were you yeah. were you were a made man. So yes, yeah. Uh, and I, I you you don't go against family. That's true. Are we all Garden again? <laughs> well, when you're there. So they uh, fight in the crowd for a while as uh, Vinny then pulls out a pocket pizza cutter. Hey. <laughs> I always have one handy. Vinny Massaro is never more than three feet away from a pizza cutter. Of course. It, it, you, know, you know how you always do a pocket sand? He has pocket cutters, you know? Smart man. <laughs> what does he got? Oh, that's a cutter. Look out. As he uh, slices up Zicky's uh, forehead. Ulala gets on the apron and uh, Vinny accidentally hits him. Just a rough night for uh, one Mr. Ulala. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he's got that wrong place, wrong time problem going on. Yep. Um, as the ref is distracted during this, as Zicky is trying to get the pin and it looks like he could have got the three count, but, you know, Vinny would have kicked out. But then Caden comes out and sucker punches Zicky for Vinny to get the victory. And this is the spot where Brian Zane gets on the mic to suspend Caden indefinitely. Terrible. Yeah. So, you ready for this, gentlemen? Yeah. Yes. Fuck Brian Zane. Team Lala. Oh. Oh. And so he brings Caden back. He's shooting. He's shooting. All right. How, well, how well, dare well. you? How dare you disrespect Caden Cassidy like that? It's not my fault you don't know how to hold a microphone up. There you go. Well, well, well. He's lucky Caden left that tracksuit on him. That's all I'm saying. I think the crowd's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> As we come back from intermission, uh, Dr. Cleaver comes out with the strap and he challenges Derek Shaw to a doctor strap match for the next yeah, show. Yeah, I've had one of those. Sorry. I was like, Corey, uh, how, how does that match work with Cleaver? <laughs> uh, he just whips you unmercifully with a uh, strap. And yells, you're healed? Yep. You're healed! You're healed! I told him all I went in there, I told him all I went in there for was a migraine. <laughs> Our next match and the first match out of intermission is Izzy McQueen versus Tara Zip as they brawl on the outside as when they start the match. Izzy gets the victory with the, a, I think it was a code breaker type move. It was off oh, away from the camera, so you couldn't really see yeah. it. But the OG coming back and winning the match. And uh, I like the new look. She's a little more fire to her, like a little more kind of aggressive wrestling style than she had before. I'm uh, digging the new and improved Izzy McQueen. I kind of dug Tara's up. I did too. Like I, I they had a, it was a I really was good. I was going to ask what are your thoughts on her. 
Oh, it was know, a really good next, pairing. Girl next door kind of looks, you know. Uh, ha- have you seen Sarah's Depp before? Yeah, no. Uh, she was supposed to be here, I think, a couple shows ago, but had to uh, be replaced. That's when Bammy Hall came in. Con- yeah, yeah, scheduling conflict or something like that. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, and remember, I yeah. said I saw her uh, at the Janela Spring Fourth uh, of July one, and that doesn't like, count. You no. Know? Low key, Pal has a kind of a a burgeoning women's division here, involved including low key, including low key turns out. Uh, like there's some really good talent they kind of rotate in and out, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good thing. Yeah, you it's, know, already, it's already be- it's, a, it's already better than AEWs. Damn. Mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Our next match is Bradley and Dub taking on the Academy. Uh, Nick Radford teases us, us again with some erotic poetry. Just give it to us, please. Oh, man. That crowd fucking wanted it. Oh, my God. He's going to have to produce some one of these days. Holy shit, dude. It's like, that it's like crowd was dental- so into it. It's like the Dennis Reynolds erotica. Like, just let us have it, please. We want to. We want to read it. We want to hear it. Let's go. As uh, the um, educated enforcer Thom Allman has uh, Bradley in a sidewalk slam, and then Dub tries to jump off the top rope, but Allman catches him, sidewalk slams Bradley, and then choke slams Dub onto Bradley. Ow. The Academy works on the leg of uh, Dove the whole time as they win the match via a submission. Yeah. Another good showing for the Academy. I dig but the Academy. Give us the erotic. 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 Hey, Corey, Corey, what did you think of the professional wrestler Stephen Bradley? I love that gimmick so much. It's not bad. I think you could, you could do stuff with that. It's so good. It's sort of like, uh, oh, fuck. What was his name? Matt Classic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you could do stuff with that. I, I like Yeah. It. Like, imagine him, like, like in a match with Funny Bone where Funny Bone wants to be, like, crazy, weird, hardcore. And he's like, nope, we're just doing arm twist, motherfucker. <laughs> arm bar. Arm bar. It's on head, head locks over and over again. <laughs> he's so good. Oh, yeah, the Academy, again, the first time, another tag team. The first time I saw this spot in ECW, it, the crowd lost its shit for it, and I think it would work in that instance, where he would, like, put a steel chair in the middle of the ring and then run back and forth and then just put a headlock on Funny Bum while he's sitting in the chair. <laughs> so let's talk about the main event. It is a, for the POW championship as it's a pick your poison match as it's funny bone versus drexel in a no dq which special guest referee sexy pirate charlie Havel. hard maybe however however where did charlie get his uh, refereeing skills from because before the, before the match even starts, Funny Bone and Drexel grab a chair and then throw throw them both at Charlie, knocking him out for basically the entire match. 
Oh, Buddy Ruth. That's where you learned. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> That's what I wanted, and there it was. Thank you. That was the setup. Thank you. As um, <laughs> they knock out uh, Charlie, as in Funny Bone and Drexel, then go and just beat the hell out of each other using staple guns, chairs, thumbtacks, Legos. At one point, putting thumbtacks in their foreheads to then hit each other in the head. They use a table. As Charlie gets up, they knock him out again, throwing a chair at him. <laughs> Ooh la la and Vinny come out celebrating the fact that they went they're at 16 minutes while Vinny only, only took Vinny eight and like eight and a half minutes to beat Zicky. Funny Bone gets on the mic and goes, Well, the bell never rang. And then <laughs> they pick up Charlie's lifeless body. Ring the bell. Drexel lays down for Funny Bone to get the win. What type of crap is going on? Uh, oh, I, I will explain it for you, you know, you jabronis over here in Blanchard country. What they did was just beat the Masaro family at their own game. Sucks, doesn't it? I don't understand what you're saying. So they, they didn't have a fair one-on-one matchup with skill and it was a screwdriver. Arm job. bars and arm locks. And- exactly. Just like every Vinny Massaro match. Because he is incapable of having a just standard fair play wrestling match. By himself, enjoy- no outside help. I did enjoy the booking here. I thought it was kind of like, hell <laughs> never rain, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was clever. And because this was like a hardcore death style match, would this be the finger poke of death? <laughs> like, hit, like throw a staple at a a, a, a thumbtack, and then he just eats it. I would allow it. Literally, uh, it only would have made it better if uh, after Funny Bone won, uh, Brian Zane got on the mic and said, "I got a wife." I have two kids. And I don't need this shit. Yeah. What? Uh, by the way, thank you for bringing up Mr. Zane. <laughs> what type of chicanery is going on there, buddy? When you allow that to happen, but when the Blanchards wants their titles, oh, you gotta wait and see. Let's do it at the next show. What the hell? A blatant favoritism. Right. If I mean, a good I guy. I mean, I can't argue it. As you earlier, you know, you've joined our side, so, you know, that's good. Well, no, uh, I haven't joined your side. I am anti-Brian Zane. Two uh, big different things. Yeah, I think you just said, though, you joined the Blanchard, so it's fine. Welcome, I brother. I sure didn't say that. Uh, we can check the tape, it's, and the last time I checked. It's, it's beautiful over here. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, you'll enjoy it. Sunny all the time. I don't, I don't like Glenwood. The air is cleaner. The mobile home is, is, is nicer. <laughs> There's there's three tires instead of two. Hey, man. Living the life, brother. Uh, after the match, though, Funny Bone picks his stipulation, and it's going to be a everything barbed wire match. Jesus Christ. Fuck. Gee, I wonder why there was a run on tickets. My God. Wait, does, be- that mean, does that mean the audience chairs are also barbed wire? That'd be hard to sit on. Means the audience gets wrapped in barbed wire. There it is. I like and it. And so instead of bubble wrap, it's barbed wire. 
we're all we'll all be hardcore hack. <laughs> I mean, shout out to the goat hardcore hack. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> but again, fantastic show by Pal. I, you know, every match was fantastic. It was fun. Again, get your tickets. PowerProWrestling.eventbrite.com. Get your I tickets see. there. You can go to Pal Pro Wrestling Socials on Twitter or X, whatever the hell they call it. Uh, Facebook. Get your tickets there. You can go download the Eventbrite app and look up Power Pro Wrestling. You go to NoSellEntertainment.com and get your tickets there too. Like seriously, what I want to say is I really enjoy Pal because it reminds me of territory wrestling from the uh, 80s where it's like everything on the show pretty much happens for a reason. It flows to the next show, but it does it at a nice pace where it's not crash, crash, bang, 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 bang over your fucking head. But it also doesn't move at like a glacial pace either. It's just, you can see it's like chapters in a book. You can see here's this chapter, the next chapter is next month. Okay, this makes sense. Everything flows. That's what I enjoy about it. That's what I like about the best territory wrestling from the 80s. Is it did that. It was just like, oh, okay, from week to week, it was like, here we go. This makes sense. This is this is good. There wasn't any like, swerve, bro! And like, the, uh, and the show is paced where like, there's never really a dull moment. There's always kind of something going on. So when that intermission hits, like you like as a crowd, you are ready for the break in a good way. And I'm not saying you're like exhausted, but you're, you're like, yeah, I need to cleanse the palate. I need to go to the bathroom so I can come back and we can finish strong on the show. So that way the crowd stays up and the main event always like the crowd is always hyped for because of how they pace the show. It's not a 17 night WWE WrestleMania weekend. We're like, fucking Christ. You mean it's not like the 2014 G1s? Where like it would take me, it would take me like two and a half days to watch one night because it was so packed with talent that like from match one to match eight was like fucking four stars, and you were just like, I I have to turn it off after three matches, but like I gotta I gotta watch yeah. something else. <laughs> it was like what was that mania a few years ago? It was the one where like Shane and AJ opened. We were like, oh, this match oh, is gonna suck, but it but it was like the first of like seven straight goddamn fire matches. And then it just took, it fell off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, Pal was not like that. Pal was not it, like that. You it, can. It briefly came back to life with Brock and Goldberg and then just died a second death. Yeah. <laughs> Pal like runs their shows fucking perfectly. Yes, they do. And it's like the point of when once the show is done, you're like, can I have the next show, please? Which is Wicked Game, August 19th, World Pies. Oh, I see right. you did there. Get your tickets now, powerprowrestling.eventbrite.com. That man is a professional. Boom. You were you were no Rob a, Bartlett. I've done this a time or two. Well, we're, what we're doing, you know. Yeah, by the way, guys, uh, can we give it up for uh, Dominic Mysterio? Dirty Dom making I mean, history last Dirty week. Dom. Dirty I Dom. Mean, always. North American champion, and he main evented all, all the WWE shows last week. First person to ever main event all three shows in one week. <laughs> Dirty Dom. God damn it. That guy's getting that boy's getting heat. Like 
Like, that just speaks, like, to the immense talent that Rhea Ripley has. She's not even wrestling 90% of the time anymore. And she has done more for somebody's career in, like, seven months than Charlotte Flair has done her entire goddamn career for anybody. I read an interesting article online today where someone said that Rhea is like the inverse Roman Reigns. Like, Roman needed the bloodline to reach that next level, but the Judgment Day needs Rhea. It's like the other way around. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, Like, well, well, that's why you always mentioned that she should be the leader. 100%. Like, this pairing is so good. Unfortunately for WWE, outside of Rhea and Dominic and anything involving the bloodline, the rest of the show is hard to watch. What You know what I love? Uh, and I'm not switching shows, but I just wanted to point out because this involves them. I love when Buddy Matthews wrestles on Collision and the crowd chants Dirty Dom. Dude. <laughs> uh, it's so good. When, when, when Caster was going to do the rap and he's about to mention dom and Rhea, like that flying knee oh yeah he just jumped bolts out and knees him it was so awesome um yeah that's a great pairing i think they messed the, i think they fucked up you really want to create a bigger story with dirty dom you really want to push the heat you really want to shake things up forget the north american title have him through shenanigans by the Judgment Day, beat Gunther for the Intercontinental title. Oh my God. That's what you should have done. Because, like, and what's perfect about that is, like, because obviously you have to win some fucked up chicanery, right? And yep. so when the when Rhea inevitably kicks his dumb ass to the curb, right, and he loses all of his help, Gunther gets to beat the fucking piss out of Dominic, and the crowd will eat that shit up. That's what they should have done. Forget the uh, American title. Who? I mean, you're talking but, Honky Talk Man Part Two in terms of heat. But Holy like, shit. I get the North American title because like he has finally made that title fucking relevant. Yeah, well, something like bad. that title. And it's like something has to do it because that title finally matters somewhat now. And I kind of hope he just kind of bounces from show to show. To be honest. Well, the entire Judgment Day is uh, uh from what. Okay, so yeah, you never know. They, they could be lying, or they can just be making it up, or it could be true. Who knows? But the bloodline stuff is supposed to pretty much end or take a back seat after SummerSlam, and they're gonna push the fuck out of the Judgment Day, like all over the place. That's the new bloodline thing. And that's why they're on all three shows as it is right now. They're they're heating it up. I wouldn't hate that. Like I like the bloodline stuff, but it, I don't want it necessarily to end. But it definitely needs a pause where it's not the focal point every week. So when it, when they bring, when they jump back to it, probably around rumble mania season, yeah. it'll feel fresh again. Yeah. And we, you know, Rhea and the judgment day has the crowd's attention. So, um, Roman has more. Yeah. I would say Roman has more, um, signs saying he's returning to SmackDown. He does matches. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Goddamn. <laughs> He returns Friday night. But we have Roman and Jay at SummerSlam in a tribal battle combat. What oh, the fuck God. does that mean? Uh, tribal well, 
They, they explained it. Do you know want to know what it is? Yeah, go yeah, ahead. It? Yeah, it's just a no holds barred match. Checks out. Oh, All right. Well, yeah, it's okay. it's just your basic ass no DQ match. Assume just new 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 name for it just to make it nothing special at all. Yeah. Just a no DQ match. Okay. okay. I'm intrigued by SummerSlam. So far, they haven't announced too many matches, but there's been fucking 37 rumored matches. How long <laughs> is this goddamn show going to be? Well, well, we get to we we mark out no sell it next week. Hopefully, by then they you know announce some matches. So what? Uh, so hold on. So so we're obviously we're gonna have Roman and Jay, Brock and Cody, uh, uh, Logan Paul and Ricochet is official. That's right. Logan there's Paul, seven. Ricochet. There's seven. There's already seven matches announced. Yeah, now, Tr- like just those three Trish matches is- are. That's a good card, just those three we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, Seth Rollins is going to be in Balor for the world title. Yeah. Um, Oscar, Charlotte, and Bianca in a triple threat for the women's. Yeah. God damn it. And then um, Gunther and McIntyre for the Intercontinental. You would think, unless Owens is really seriously injured, they'd do something with the tag belts. They probably won't. Um, but like the, the the yeah, so there's there's seven matches on the wiki, but right now there there's the eighth because it's Trish and uh, Becky. They haven't even put that on the wiki. It's yet. a it's a one night show, correct? Yeah. Yes, a Saturday night. Okay. Okay. But by the way, two. by the way, what a what a is this the dumbest stipulation they've done? Of if Becky loses the Trish, Becky has to get a tattoo. Well, it gave away the fucking ending is what it did. Right? What, right? What the fuck, dude? I mean, if sometimes they, they, try to be, they try to be too clever for their own fucking good. That gave away the ending immediately. Immediately, yes. Um, Some AEW stuff. Your thoughts, uh, Corey, on uh, the double clothesline? Adam Cole and MJF taking on uh, FTR <laughs> next week, I believe it is. Or in it's two on weeks? Collision, yeah. On it's collision. this, uh, this, it's this oh, Saturday. This so I love, I'm actually liking the skits. I fucking laughed out loud when MJF is sitting there at the table with Cole. And he's like, and there I was, brother, in front of <laughs> 600,000 people in the Saskatchewan Silverdome as I picked up 1,000 pound big bill, brother, and I body slammed him to the ground. And I was like, Dude, none of that happened like that. Like, what's great about like this dumb? I like I can't. A, I can't believe that like, it's so good and like the crowd's buying into it. But like, I, oh fuck! I lost my train of thought. Son of a bitch. Never mind. Move on. I lost my train of thought entirely. But, go over that. I love it. You know. Go ahead. Well, just, what worries me about it is it's almost worked too well. Yeah, we talked about wanna, that. Yeah, you don't want to finish the uh, obvious storyline, which is one of them turning on the other. You almost just want to see them continue like this. But I don't know. And if you sure seems like the crowd wants to cheer MJF, so and it makes sense he's the one who's going to turn because he's the dick. I don't know, man. Because we've talked about know. about how like MJF has been the babyface. Four times, but it just ends up him turning on the other guy, and it's just like war, you know. Again, but um, I were I would have wished they kept the double clothesline for the main event, but I know it, it's that yeah. cheesy way of uh, 
I don't think it would work against FTR. I thought it was really smart to tease it, but not hit it this match. But then they ended up hitting it, and I was like, okay, whatever. Um, Here's, uh, let's talk about that dynamite overall. Um, I I could, yeah, that's what I, yeah, I could be in the minority, and that's fine. I, I, I wouldn't be the first time. I'm digging the Jack Perry uh, renewal. I'm digging the Hill, Jack Perry, burying Jungle Boy and going on his own. Uh, I like the new look. Hollywood, he's, Hollywood Perry, basically. Yeah. He's learning to be a Hill and he's you know, not doing too bad at it. He'll get better. Um, yeah, they should just pay for the rights and have him come out to the 90210 thing song, just lean into being his dad's kid. That would be amazing. Um, I, I won't. Yeah. I can't say that I'm digging it, right? Yeah. But I will say it's better than what the fuck he was before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is still. It's so weird that he is Luke Perry's kid because he refuses to fully commit to anything. I know, right? Like, think he, he never fully committed to being a face, even though he had potential. He really has potential as a baby face. And he's not really fully committing to being a dick heel. He goes to a point, but seems to be uncomfortable with people not liking him, and so he pulls back. You know what's weird? You would think, being the kid of an actor, he would have had an advantage at that point of the business. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm. that's what I'm saying, right? Like... How do you not like embody what your dad did, which is just become the character you're portraying on TV? I guess it's harder for some than others, but I like where it's going so far. I mean, I, he's not my favorite, but I, I, I at least I like. Yeah, and I was tired of Jungle Boy, so this is an improvement. And, and my question, like, they're unfortunately sort of they've kind of booked themselves into a corner with this. Because he sort of has to beat Hook, right, to kind of maintain this momentum. But yeah. is this how you want to beat Hook? Well, that's what they did on Wednesday. He beat Hook, won the title. Like, but, I mean, it's not the title. Like, whatever. Yeah, know what I mean, but, you know. But, like, I think having beating Hook, I think, was a good thing. You already saw with Jay. I mean, I agree with you. With her and her undefeated. You kind of wanted to just get that off of him. And now that's done. Um, and then I enjoyed Blood and Guts. Uh, it's my favorite one that they've done. Uh, it got a little crazy, the bed of nails. Uh, Moxley's fucking crazy. Um, but it told a good story. And it was structured pretty well. My complaint with some of the other ones they've done is they didn't structure it well where the right people didn't come in at the right time. <clears throat> But I thought they finally got that right this year. Yeah. Because uh, that does play a part in that match. There's the right person doing the right part. It, it blew my mind when, like, Omega came out first. I was like, oh, okay, you're go- you're going the distance? Okay. Well, I kind of figured he would on that team. I figured yeah. it'd be him and uh, Cesaro, which he was, Claudio, which yeah. he was. Yeah. And, I, and then I liked the storyline of Pac not really getting along with any of them, but especially Claudio but just hating Omega and wanting to get him. And then Claudio hits him accidentally and Pac just flips him off, leaves the team in a lurch at a disadvantage. And then I really liked Don Callis at the announce table scene, the lay of the land, like, oh, Pac left. 
They're at a disadvantage. Bad things are about to happen. So he pulls Kineske out. And it's just three on five from then on out. Which gave the BCC an out when they lose. But at the same time, uh, the red team won. I thought it was booked really well. Which and then, then of Co- course, I was say, which then of course led into Friday the Bring Upon Her pay per view, yeah. where they they used this to get Claudio a new challenger because the never ending issues with talent in Ring of Honor. <laughs> so it was Claudio and Pac, which made sense with what they did here, uh, and was good on a two day build. I mean, you had to do something. Did you guys watch that Ring of Honor show at all? I, I did. Yeah. Hey, how was it? Uh, as a show, it wasn't bad. It was a good three hours of wrestling, but it just had no buzz. Um, there were no matches announced until like the week of the show. Uh, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> um, Claudio and Pac was a good title match. But this should tell you, it didn't even go on last. It went on second to last. Oh, God. They gave, the, they gave the main event spot to Athena and Willow Nightingale for the women's title. And, but I got to be honest, that was a damn good match. They both brought it, and it should have been the main event. It was really good. With Athena winning and keeping the belt. Uh, of course. <laughs> but I, that was I, a good I, main event. Yeah, I, I blanked it. I, and then once I got once... I realized it. I'm like, oh, it's like main event time. Uh, let's see. Aussie Open <laughs> won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles in a four-way. Uh, Samoa Joe beat Dalton Castle to keep his TV title. Shibata beat Garcia to keep the pure title. Which, by the way, I love the Garcia dancing in the sleeper hold, and then he like passes yep. out dancing. Yep, that was that was funny. Um, the fight without honor between the Dark Order and the Righteous was really good, dumb, fun. Kind of like a continuation of Blood and Guts, just without the cage. And some of them. I mean, it had thumbtacks, but it also had Legos and shit like that. So It was, it was fine. Was this Ring of Honor show better than Slammiversary? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would say it was a little better than Slammiversary from a Mostly just from an in-ring work uh, level. Um, I would say the high points at Slammiversary probably hit a little higher. But the overall show was better for Ring of Honor. That's what I would say. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, I'll ask. I haven't seen anything. But uh, on Collision after the six-man the trio's tag match. Billy Gunn took his boots off, and everybody online saying he's he's done. Is this? I think it's we, a storyline. Yeah. He's been getting too big of a run now to finish right now. But I mean, hey, maybe he is. I don't know. Um, I I haven't seen anything of it is a a storyline or it's not. You know, like I haven't seen anything. I just saw him, the photo of him putting the boots down, and then that's it. Because it was. Because it was done after like Malachi Black whispered something in his ear after pinning him. So I think the storyline is that he thinks he's the weak link of the acclaimed and he's holding them back, so he's quitting. I, that's what I think is happening. I don't know. Um, did you watch Collision? 
Uh, I did not. I had uh, oh, fan I over, so I was unable to watch any of the rest. Well, of I, I watched it. The uh, besides Pow. Yeah, it's, it's called it's called the gimmick, Joe. It's called the gimmick. There it is. Uh, it's there. Um, I, was, I got no time. Yeah. Ain't got no time. It was, it was really good. Uh, Christian remains the goat. So uh, Starks is out there, and then Punk comes out to talk shit, and then Christian comes out with the TNT title on his shoulder. Because Punk made reference to his red bag. You know, he's got the world belt in there, and Ricky wants a shot. And Christian, right off the bat, there's nothing more pathetic than a man who goes around carrying a title that doesn't belong to him. <laughs> God damn it. Which, I got to be honest, Corey, I think a lot of the crowd didn't get. Yeah, I don't think they got because it. Well, I was like, they damn, didn't I was pop the way they should have, and that was a fucking great line. I was laughing my ass off. Like, son of a uh, bitch. I I like Christian here. I gotta say, overall, the I, the first segment I thought was a miss. I thought. How I, do I put it? I know what they were going for with Punk and Starks, and I like the idea, but I don't think it was executed well on either side. Like I don't yeah. think Starks hit a hit a great pre- pro- a promo, and Punk's was kind of mailed in to a degree. I don't know. It's like obviously they're telling yeah. more of a story, and we're gonna get there, but. I, I, I didn't love the first segment. No, it, it, Christian was the best part of it. Um, I like the idea of getting Ricky Starks out there to be the heel, though. He's, he's good at it. This wasn't yeah. great, but uh, I think he'll get better because that's what he shines at. I do like the idea of Punk and Starks because he'll help make Starks something. Mm-hmm. I feel like of the three attempts to make him something, this feels like the one that's going to work. But we'll see. Um. um. How fucking over is Miro? I mean, gee, even just his graphic, that crowd fucking explodes. How do you not do something with that guy at, at this point? Uh, well, I'm guessing, uh, I'm guessing uh, some people on the other show don't like him. So. Well, I'm, I'm also guessing, if, if, from what we learned last year, uh, do, you, do you push someone who may not want to ever fucking lose once you start pushing them? <laughs> probably not the best strategy for wrestling. That doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, <laughs> so, Corey, I, I have a question bro. for you, but before I ask it, what did you think of the tag match, the main event? I thought it was okay. Um, I don't quite know how I feel about Punk in the ring since his comeback. He's not bad. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say he's bad at all. But he's a step slower than even he was last time he came back. Not that it's a detriment to the match. I'm just trying to get used to the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, Christian looked really good, I thought. That motherfucker's I, 49 and outworked everybody. I love Maybe that he starts. wrestles in a turtleneck. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, do you see why he said he does it? I did. Yeah. Go ahead yeah, and tell Joe, because it's hilarious. Uh, he took a selfie in a mirror and he's fucking jacked to the gills. I mean, he's just shredded, right? And he's yeah. like, I wear the I wear the, uh, the the turtleneck while I wrestle, so I don't put my younger opponents to shame. <laughs> uh, I thought he was good. I actually like the Christian Luchasaurus tandem as it is right now, where Christian does all the talking, Luchasaurus is the muscle. You know, eventually he's gonna get tired of Christian taking the. Uh, Credit and the, and the belt and the belt split, but right now I, I like what they're doing. 
Um, it's it's wrestling one on one. If you have someone who's big and you want to try to push them, you put them with a vet who can talk, and they do the story they're doing here. Uh, so that works. Um, I thought Ricky Starks looked good. I don't know. I just think he needs a little more fire for this turn because he needs to make this count. So, so uh, one of the things I was going to ask you. So, because I agree with you, I think Punk is not not even a full step slower. I do think I actually think he's just being a little reserved in the ring. I don't think he necessarily trusts his body yet. Which again is not uh, a bad idea because he's had like a bunch of injuries right in a row, and I mean he is yeah. older and he has been through fucking car wrecks for 25 years like that's just just gonna happen right but yeah. eventually what's gonna have to happen because it's it's wrestling and especially it's a punk program you're gonna have to have kind of a a microphone battle he can't beat punk at that i'm not saying that can he hang well enough to where like i know punk isn't gonna bury him like he'll he'll see what's happening and pull back if he needs to but can he hang with punk to set up a big money match. Yeah, he can. He just needs to get more comfortable. I think he's had the feet, uh, the, his feet pulled out from under him too many times by injury and booking. Yeah. Uh, I think once he, uh, once he, uh, once he gets his feet under him, he's a really good antagonistic, cocky fucking like, heel. He cut a really good promo like that. I think once he gets comfortable, they can do that verbal battle that puts you in the arena. Yeah. Like I think like. I hope that he he remembers how well that promo he did with MJF when that started the program. Yeah. If he channels yeah. that energy, like that's something that Punk can play off of. It'll be a really good program. And even though they haven't done a brand split, I mean, look at it. They've done a brand split. I mean, split. it's a brand split for sure. It's, they are two wildly different shows. And they fucking nailed it, though. That collision, that's, that's the wrestling I want to see is that show right there. Um, and like, and I agree with you. And even, and I don't even like all of it, right? Because some of it is still very modern wrestling, which isn't my yeah. thing. But I like it a fuck ton more than Dynamite. Oh, it's better than Dynamite, Raw, and SmackDown. It's it's already the best uh, wrestling show weekly on TV. Only because Pal is on major television. Well, yeah. Um, but what I was going to say, like watching this main event tag match, I am saddened that AEW doesn't really do a house shore tour because can you imagine for like two months, Corey, if CM Punk and Darby Allen took on Christian and Ricky Starks and Darby and Starks got to work with Punk and Christian for two months, how good they would be. Yep. That's just it. Get those reps, get those reps in. Uh, that would help everybody. Like, like what they talked about earlier about like working with Cleaver and Massaro and the Blanchards, it's this kind of thing, right? Where you have these two veterans who've been in wrestling for over 20 years. Who that's can, who is, that's how you get better, man. And working with those guys every night, or at least for an extended program, they're going to be so much better than when they started. I had an idea for something along those lines that I think they should do in a couple months if he's willing to work Saturdays, because so far he just works Wednesdays. But with Jack Perry just turning heel like this, I think it would be interesting if, like, they did a thing where he uh, he's on collision and Christian's cutting a promo in the back or something, and he just walks by and he's like, oh, by the way, yeah, you were right about everything. This place sucks. This people suck. 
everybody sucks. <laughs> and then they just end up being back together, and he's learning under Christian as a heel. That'd be great. That's just something I, that popped in my head. I do like that. And actually, I'm going to play off of that. Uh, and Joe, I'm curious what you think about this, too. Because thinking about the Punk thing, where he might be a little bit limited, either in his own mind or actually physically in the ring now. So I think a faction would benefit him greatly here. Because I think that Bullet Club thing took off in a direction they weren't expecting. So I don't think it's actually going to go the Punk direction now. No, no, no. So... Who would you build a faction around with Punk, face or heel? Like, who would you pick? Well, the obvious answer is FTR, but I think they should turn on him. Yeah, I would say not that, yeah. Um, ah, that's a good question. Who? It would almost have to be different people that you're not expecting on Collision already because nobody on Collision really fits. I mean, like, you've got the Ingobernables guys together and the House of Black together, the Bullet Club oh. together. Um, and you almost have to find people. You know who's not together? Because he kind of turned on him. What if Roddy joins Punk? Oh, that'd be awesome over there. Yeah, just have a bunch of, like, him and Roddy and fuck even Joe if he turns heel, if Punk turns heel. I'm just those, like, three cranky fucking vets uh, stretching people every week. Because that would be fun. Because Roddy and Joe could do a lot of the work and save Punk for kind of the big matches. Punk's the Michael Hayes. Yeah. Doot, doot, doot. For the Freebird, yeah. <laughs> it would be, it would work. God, would I haven't work. heard that in such a long time. <laughs> and you know, you know the way that crowd's going, that even though they want to be heels and they're better as heels, I don't know if Bullet Club's going to stay heels too much longer. Bang, bang. Uh, they're not. They're not at all. Bang, bang, gang is uh, getting pretty popular over there on Saturday nights. And um, he's he's leading into both. So, I mean, he could go either way. But, I I mean, I think at some point it's going to stop being 50-50 crowd boo, like cheer boo for Punk, and it's going to become 90-10 boo. Yeah. I mean, just the the crowd is going to dictate that he's going to be a heel, as he should be, as he should be for sure. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like it's you know I know we, you know weeks ago he wore black and gold, and then we talked about how Punk knows what he's doing. Um, he doesn't do anything by accident. Yeah, like so it might have been the plan initially, but I think that took off in a direction they weren't ready for, and so. They just kind of need to ride how this the Bullet Club Gold was going and kind of leave Punk away from it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you what, though. I look forward every... Because I don't have the cable, right? So I look forward every Sunday morning to watching the collision. Oh. And Joe, can I tell you? Yeah. Uh, you need to be on the gimmick because Corey's broadcast version does not have picture in picture. Ooh, okay, okay. Oh, yeah, okay, I, okay. I, I steer clear of that shit. Oh. Uh, that, that really helped it's... out during the two out of three falls match. The it's belt. so fucking nice, dude, because you still get commentary because they do commentary for overseas, so you yeah. don't miss shit. Oh, I prefer it that. Yeah, I make sure to get the fight version. Oh, it's so nice. Okay, I will. I I know. So no, I just had family over this past weekend, so I couldn't have time Joe, you to watch. You saw it Marty? Was, How's he doing? I, I, it's not Marty. <laughs> it was the producer's side. Oh. Okay. And. uh 
yeah so no uh no wrestling in sight for me that this past weekend so i had a sunday i was literally watching everything including our homework and what's what's our homework there Corey? well during the month of uh that we're currently in we are going to watch the highlights (laughs) july by the way Uh, well but it's like mid-july to mid-august so i was like "Uh, that's fair (laughs) the month we're in right now we are watching the highlights of each week of the uh g1 climax tour um, I will say this: this year, there's a lot more chud than normal <laughs> because they uh, expanded the tour to 32 guys to make sure all the important guys got in. Because if they'd have kept it at the 20, there would have been a couple of big names that somehow just didn't get into the tournament, and you would have had to answer a lot of questions. Uh, I guess, like before we get into the matches, my first thought about that though was: like, so yeah, they expanded the field. And so I guess to kind of circumvent some of that, they said, well, now all the matches are only going to be 20 minutes, right? That's 20 minutes high limits. Yep. It has been, except every fucking match doesn't need to go almost 20 minutes. Those uh, shows that, are still four hours fucking long. Well, but, but they're not. Uh, uh, you're right on the gimmick. However, for some reason, the dude that hosts these, okay, for some fucking reason, does a half hour of just a dead screen before the goddamn show starts. <laughs> so it just like says, hey, G1 happening soon. And I just so I always have to fast forward like 35 minutes and even start the goddamn show. Um don't know why he does that. Weird, but whatever. Um yeah, I mean the 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 big time matches still go damn near 20, but I mean Toro Yano ain't I ain't out there looking 20 minutes. I mean, uh, how dare you, first of all. And he's three matches in. He still might have not reached 20 minutes yet, period. Total. Uh, what the hell? Joe, what the hell is this bullshit? Uh, collusion. The hour. Yeah, collusion that, you know, they be hating on that Toro Yanu. I mean, Toro Yanu is tailor-made for a Blanchard brother, man. What are we doing here? What the hell? Toro you just joined us. Why, why are you betraying Toro, us already? Toro Blanchard. <laughs> I like how there's just Blanchards from other countries now, too. Well, we did have uh, evil Steiners. So, yeah. Don't forget, uh, Mistis, don't forget Mr. C's Blanchard over in Mexico. <laughs> Luchador extraordinaire. Uh, uh, uh-huh. So, yeah. I picked three matches from week one. That I thought were really good or told an interesting story. And let me pull up the notes here. The first match was from night one. It was. Let me pull up the gimmick here. Where the fuck is everything? Here it is. Hold on. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. What she said. But she lied. It's all fake. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Night one, Rin Narita versus Shota Umino. Um, they're doing an interesting gimmick with the three young dudes, the, the three musketeers that they self-titled and that the three wrestlers fucking hate being put in that position. But they're all in the same block, the young boy block, uh, night, uh, block A. And they've, so far, Rin Narita has wrestled Shota Umino, the match we watched. And uh, Yotsuji wrestled Rin Narita as well. I think it's Rinrita. 
and they they both went to 20 minute draws. So when the other two inevitably face off, I'm assuming it's going to be a draw as well, kind of signifying that these three are all really good. There's no definitive like major breakout star of the three yet. They're all like equally good. I think that's what they're trying and, to tell. And like for the scoring, right? So if I remember, it's two points if you win, and you get a point each if you draw. Yes, correct. Okay. Which will pay, which will play into their totals at the end because they. All three will have ones across the board for a couple matches. Um, but what do you think of this match? I I liked. Um, I don't have the names up, but the Moxley's apprentice, how he comes Shota out, Umino. Umino coming out to like how Moxley would. Yep. I thought and that was funny. The, and carrying the leather jacket. Yeah. Yep. Um. Uh, go ahead, Booble. So my my only issue, and it's actually the same issue in all three matches we're going to talk about. Um, it's more of an industry wide issue, um, but it's once you get past the first five minutes where they just do the stupid "I'm going to stand in the ring and not actually hit you, but we're just going to trade shots for five minutes." Once yeah. you get past that stupid spot that everybody fucking does in all the wrestling now, and they actually get into the match, I enjoyed all three of them. I just had to get through that crap. Yeah, yeah, it's a uh... It's like, industry-wide. Like it's, I know, I know it. Like came, it was born from that strong style, jet, like, which yeah. is not my cup of tea, and I get that. Yeah. But like, it's what made strong style stand out because it wasn't like any other wrestling, right? Like American yeah. wrestling was different than Japanese wrestling, which is different than Canadian wrestling, which is different than Mexican, which is different than British world sport, right? But now, because of just how the indies work, everything across wrestling is the same except for WWE and that's not a good thing right WWE's product is different but it's also boring like so, everybody and never across the industry the other matches are ex- more exciting but they're the exact same match yep that's that's a issue I have a problem with as well Chris Hero actually um, explained it perfectly he said Japanese wrestling is about uh, warrior battle. Uh, British wrestling is a human game of chess. Mm-hmm. Mexican wrestling, lucha libre, is Cirque du Soleil, just aerial like beauty mm-hmm. artistry. And American wrestling is morality play. Fair. And that's how, I, yeah, that's how it is. I guess my big takeaway, like in my big, not problem, problem is not the right, it's too strong of a word. My biggest hang up with Japanese wrestling, like I actually like the warrior, what what do you say, warrior battle? Yeah. Uh, I like that explanation. They do know that as a warrior, you don't have to be hit, right? You are allowed to move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That would be my thing. Like, feel free to have some defense, get out of the way of one of the 75 chops. Just, you know. <laughs> Coming at you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not just a valid point. Um, However, having said all of that, I actually really enjoyed this match. I don't think I've ever seen Umino. I don't think I've ever seen any of these two wrestle. Um, yeah. I liked Umino. I liked Umino a lot, actually. He's pretty good. Rin Narita is kind of like a this generation Minoru Suzuki kind of strong style wrestler. Where's the black trunks? Mm-hmm. Just very serious. Come out, beat your ass. Um, yeah. Future is bright because these three and or the the two of these and Yoda Suji are all good. 
whenever Yuya Yuramura decides to quit vacationing in Impact and come back to Japan, he'll be a star too. Uh, they've tried to they've I, tried to bring him back three times. He's like, nah, I'm I'm cool here. <laughs> I thought Umino had a little more like impact, no pun intended here, with his with his uh-huh. strikes and his offense. Yeah. So I it's like connected a little bit more to him. Like if the other guy is supposed to be Minoru Suzuki, maybe lay him in a little more. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And oh <laughs> by the way, before we forget, Joey, in case you might have forgotten, Shota Umino, the son of Japanese referee Red Shoes. That's what I thought. I was asking about yep. that because because uh, I think oh it, it, I remember you guys I, talking about that. Yeah, I remember and that and let me ask you this because in the Osprey match we're talking about in a minute, Red Shoes is there. Isn't yep. he supposed to be like retiring? Didn't he get like a like no, a sent off? The, no, that was the uh, other older referee. Now oh, Red Shoes okay. is like the main guy now that he stopped. Oh, uh, so Red Shoes Shoes got the send off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, so the next match, Will Ospreay and Taichi. <clears throat> also from that one, I gotta be honest, I fucking love this match. I think they Taichi's re- coming to be really good. He used to be somebody that I was like, turn the TV off, I'll switch to something else. I'm Taichi not watch, you know. Yeah. Uh, to now where I'm like, okay, if Taichi's in, I'm like, this is going to be good. Uh, so quite the I... turnaround for him. I have a question for you, Corey. From the yes. producer. Yeah. In Japanese wrestling, do they change their characters often? Because with Taichi, it's the same character that I've seen for like six years now. They really don't. They really don't okay. change too often. Uh, only if, only if like you really need, uh, like Sonata earlier this year, really needed a fresh coat of a paint ch- for the push yeah. he was going to get. That's when you'll see a character change. Other than that, you don't really see it that often. Um, I mean, yeah, Toro Yano used to be a serious shooter, and and then he became this comedy guy because one, his body was breaking down, but it was just unique, and no one else was doing it. So I mean, it does happen, but like, not okay. not very often. You also like that's the right mindset. You shouldn't change your character often. Like your like loyalties and affiliations should change, and you could have subtle differences to your personality, but your character should pretty much be the same for your career. If you're doing yeah. it right. Yeah. And that's what they do there. They don't really change a whole lot. Like nothing, nothing too radical. Like, well, I mean, I'll use an example. Look at CM Punk. That's basically been his character for 20 years. Yeah. With Samo- subtle, just like storyline changes, right? Samoa Joe, the same way. Um, but I, you know, that's how it should be done. Piper didn't really change much. He just got old and lame. <laughs> But he never really changed his character. It was always the same. <laughs> loud <out> mouth, <laughs> loud mouthed asshole. You know what I mean? Uh, I, you know, I'm coming. I will say I'm coming around on Osprey. I know yeah. he is pretty much considered the best wrestler in the world, basically by consensus. Yeah. Um. I can see it because while he still does you know a lot of the the modern stuff that i don't like yeah he does have a different style and a different gear he can switch to like they were talking about it in the match as a spoiler osprey loses which is kind of shocked me a little bit but yeah because like the whole point of the match was him just beating the 
fuck out of Taichi the whole match, right? Which he did, but he just beat the shit out of him. And I, oh. I was thinking, I was thinking about this because, like, and the Brock versus Cena SummerSlam match is what my reference point was, where he beat the fuck out of Cena, right, for whatever it was, yeah. fifteen minutes or whatever. That's always how the match works out. Like, if it's going to be a dominant one like that, they always take their time and to kind of punish them. But I think with Osprey's character and the way he attacks and the way he does his moves, I actually would love to see somebody, if you're going to do that, where, like, it's just going to be a squash match, he should have beat him in, like, under two minutes, right? Where there's not, like, a big move, and then he sells and plays to the crowd and does it again, where he just hits him nonstop for, like, three minutes and then pins him. I can see that. Uh, this was really good, though. Taichi and him have good chemistry. Um, Taichi's really good at putting together an ending of a match. I wouldn't be surprised if this was all him. I really liked the way it ended. Uh, and they always do something like this on night one of the G1. Some favorite is going to lose. This year it was mm-hmm. Osprey. I was, I was uh, shocked. but I was shocked. Well, Just watching the match and just watching, you know, Osprey's cockiness and just like no selling anything. It's like, is that the best you got? And then like all of a sudden you turn around and like, wait, like he took the L. <laughs> right. Yep. And that's, and that way it helps Taichi. The way the fans view the sport over there, that'll help Taichi still be credible for another year when he's not going to win a whole lot, but you'll know that, okay, he does have it in him. That's kind of how they do it over there. And it works for the fans because they still view it as more serious than American wrestling. So, um, showing that a guy like that and something like the G1 can get a win against a, the incredible main eventer does a lot for the for that guy's credibility for the next year, uh, where they might need him to do upper mid card matches, right? Where he'll lose, but people will buy it. Um, so finally, night four, we jumped all the way to night four. Woo, nothing from night five, guys. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I definitely <laughs> skipped uh, night night three as well. <laughs> Uh, yeah, um, I think night five. Uh, so, you know, with a round robin tournament, there's going to be a collection of dud matches, right? Yeah. It seemed to me like Gato took a look at this tournament and decided, you know what? Let's put all of those matches on one fucking night and just get it over. <laughs> and that would be night five. Uh, it was god awful. Um, so, but night four had Shingo Takagi against Hanare. And I picked that one. These two. Again, just beat the living shit out of each other. Uh, did you get uh, Kevin Kelly at the beginning during Hanari's entrance uh, talking about how he's a tribal chief and he's not trying to take the piss out of Roman Reigns? So <laughs> yeah, I, did. I did. And I actually like that they reference other companies, but he yep. didn't belabor the point. He was like, genuinely, was like, hey, I'm, not, I'm honestly not taking a shot at Roman Reigns, but he is a legit, he has been made the king of his tribe. That's what the fucking face tattoo is. Like, this is legit. Yep. Like, I was going to ask you, uh, who is the color guy with Kevin Kelly? Uh, normally, it's Chris Charlton. The British guy. I think that's who it is. Because he kept saying yeah. Chris. So, yeah. as somebody who does not watch, I'm not even going to say a lot, any Japanese wrestling, um, it was nice having Kevin Kelly like give a very basic breakdown of what the issue is. And why this match matters and give a brief history of each guy. Like, because as somebody who doesn't watch, like it helped me get into each match. God damn. He's right. so good. Yeah. No, that's why he's been so valuable to them with the growth of the English market. 
because uh, not every announcer does stuff like that. It's really helpful. And like WWE, like the route they take to do that is they do like video packages, right? And they're very good at them. That's what they do better than anybody on earth forever. No one's ever going to beat their production value in like VTR like videos. No, no but that on right. You also don't need that, right? You just need Kevin Kelly or somebody like that to take two minutes while the guy is walking to the ring and explain what's going on. So especially for like casuals like me, it's very easy to get into and follow. Exactly. You know who else? I, and I've only watched it a couple of times. And you guys are going to laugh if you even remember the name. But uh, Dragon Gate, another Japanese promotion, has English commentary. And you'll never, you'll never guess who the English color guy is on Dragon Gate, who does a good job letting you know who they are and what they're doing. Uh, I have two guesses. Guess? I have okay, two. go ahead. Uh, Matt Stryker and or Josh Matthews. Nope, neither. Damn it. Uh, you'll never, Joe, you'll never get Joe? this. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. Ho-Ho Loon. Oh, oh my God. From oh, my God. Cruiserweight tournament? Yeah. Jeff's favorite uh, Japanese wrestler? Got it. <laughs> oh, remember, he was from he was from uh, North Korea. Remember, he's not even Japanese. Jeff's but, favorite uh, yeah. Korean wrestler. There you go. Yeah, he's there. He does, like, he, he'll always work, like, the pre-show match that doesn't matter. And then get dressed and go to chat commentary for the, the main show. Uh, and he's pretty good at it, honestly. That's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, I've, when I found that out, I was like, you got to be shitting me. <laughs> How does a North Korean dude who went to WWE to wrestle end up as a Japanese color play-by-play? English English commentary play-by-play guy. In a Japanese that, checks that checks out. That's for fucking that. amazing, dude. <laughs> But anyway, this match, these two just beat the fucking piss out of each other. Um, which I, I love Haas battles. I, I'm a huge Shingo Takagi guy who came from Dragon Gate. Um, Hanari's hit or miss for me, but I think now that he's the... I mean, that had to hurt getting that fucking face tattoo. I'm, I'm not I mean, that's dedication the way they do some it. bitch. <laughs> yeah, especially the way they do it. That that traditional tattooing with the buildings. Um, what do you guys think of this match? I liked it. I, I honestly, uh, I assumed it was going to be a draw, a tie. It was my number three match of the three. Yeah. Uh, Osprey matches one, followed closely by the the, the Yumino match, and then the Hinari match. Uh, I went. Osprey, this was my second. And then the draw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so far, I'm on night seven. So far, I don't really have anything to recommend this week. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they pick it up a little the next couple shows. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> so stay tuned for our homework. <laughs> I, I got to be honest, like Sonata's the world champ, right? I'm watching him take on pro wrestling Noah's Kito Kiyomiya, who's over here doing the what does it say about your companies? They they all do round robin tournaments this time of year, right? What's it say about Pro Wrestling Noah's tournament that their their biggest star Kiyomiya, uh bounced out to come over to do the G one this year? <laughs> Not uh, good, no, Bob. Be, no, guys, I'll be fine. I'm gonna be over here doing this one instead. Um, Jesus, man. But I'm Sonata, the world champ, just ain't working out, man. He's he's a good wrestler, but he doesn't have it at that level. I'm trying to think of the rock band that I heard somebody say this about, but the the band that opened for them blew the roof off the uh, 
the arena. And then the newspaper writer said, and then the the main band came on and spent the last two hours putting the roof back on. <laughs> uh, that's kind of how you does, watch it. Is, does is Sonata a modern day uh, Conan? Uh, Conan. He's better than Conan, but uh, are you ribbing me? Oh. Conan. Conan. Um, but he's uh, he just doesn't have that. He's not at that level. I know. I, I don't blame them for trying. You got to try to get new people over to the main event level, and he's been there forever. But he just doesn't have it. He just doesn't get into a fucking further gear. It's like, you know what he is? Without the, he's the original Orange Cassidy. He's just he's gonna go with that opening gear. That's what he's gonna do. He he tries. I mean, he makes it you look like it's a serious fucking match. But there's just no like, okay, we're in the home stretch, ramp it up. That just doesn't fucking exist for him. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, our homework will be uh, to be determined once we. Uh, yeah. To be determined. <laughs> then we have uh you know, you know dark side. I didn't watch last week because it was um the hepatitis C episode. Hepatitis C, and I could really could so, care less. I- I was going to ask Corey, because I didn't watch it either, because I don't care about it. I'm doing the butcher. I just, whatever. Uh, so, but what is the Hannibal story? Uh, he wrestled him. They gigged. And he got hepatitis C from Abby, because Abby didn't tell anyone he had it. But it's hard to feel bad for Hannibal, since he's such a piece of shit anyway, <laughs> that has done similar things to other people, that you're kind of just go, good. I'm glad you got hep C, you son of a bitch. So it's not one of those, like, what do the British Bulldog and Magic Johnson have in common? No. And this was more like, <laughs> oh, you, you whine and bitch, but uh, I don't feel bad for either one of you because yeah. you both are well, bastards. Well, I, I'm kind of excited for this week's because it's Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting what they cover, what they say, how it goes so, down. Okay. What, what should they cover? Uh, I'd love to learn more about his before wrestling job as a very successful bounty hunter. I would love to hear about that. Um, and then just, uh, I want to hear about the later years. I want to hear about him saving those ki- children in the fire at the apartment complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, I, if I remember correctly, when he died, I think he was living on somebody's couch, if I remember correctly, or something. Like that. So Christ, it's not a, not a happy ending. Um, yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh it's gonna be interesting to see where they go with tonight's uh episode. So um you can get your wicked games tickets right now at powprowrestling.eventbrite.com, the eventbrite app, and look for Pow Pro Wrestling. You can find it on uh Pop Pro Wrestling socials. You can find it on No Cell socials and No Cell Entertainment's website. No Cell Entertainment. We can also oh, find. You know what? Sorry, go ahead and finish up. Then oh, I got something. To say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, if nothing else, two nights from now, o- Okada takes on Osprey, so for sure <laughs> that's not going to disappoint. So there'll be at least probably something. be that match. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll have something. Yeah. Oh, uh, have, didn't Jeff send something? Well, he did last time, and you mentioned it. The matches that he recommended on the Discord. Recommend more, bitch. <laughs> okay, so let me see. So he said, so Narita Umino, which we got. 
Suji versus Kiyomiya. Yeah, which I it was good, but I mean, I uh, and then he said Takagi versus Kingston, which was good. ZSJ versus Tanahashi. Uh, I, it wasn't that good. Tanahashi just he's too broken down, man. Uh, and then Naito Cobb and Ishii Finley. Which was good. Any too. of those or not really? I mean, they were good, but it is what it is. Okay. I got the best of the bunch. Yeah, suck it, Jeff. I suck it, Jeff. <laughs> suck it, suck it. But uh, besides sucking it, Jeff, you can go to nosellentainment.com. <laughs> That's right. Nosellentainment.com. <laughs> Where you can find all the things we do for you. This week on Fake Movie Experts, we're doing the Mission Impossible franchise. So uh, we're doing uh, Mission Impossible 2 comes out this week. Which is amazing. Uh, only for the fact that throughout the, what is it, 17 movies now? I kid, but uh, Tom Cruise somehow gets younger with every movie. It, Mission Impossible 2 at the time was the first and only Mission Impossible movie I saw. Really? I saw the first one in theaters. I've seen the first one. I didn't really like it. I never got. I never got into the franchise. I don't know if I've watched any of the other ones. I think I, they. I. I think they. To me, they get better. I'm say I've only seen one through five, but once I started three, it to me they've gotten a lot better. I so. think I must have seen two when it came. The John Woo one. The John Woo one. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I haven't seen any. Um, what we're talking about this week on Fake Movie Experts. But there you, go. Uh, you, you can find us all on the social medias, on the Facebook, the X, Twitter, whatever it's called, or Instagram. Fuck you, Elon. There it is, at No So Entertainment or No So E-N-T. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Elon. You, you, my, my outro, I got to redo it, damn you. But you can find us all on the socials. Again, uh, You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. 